If you've got an insurance question, you could talk to a dentist. But instead of filling you in on ways to save on your policies, he'd probably be too busy filling in that loose crown. Or you could talk to your local GEICO agent, who will use their expertise to polish up your policies, from home and auto to renters, motorcycle, boat, and RV too. So while, yes, your dentist can save your smile, your GEICO agent could save you money, which will make you use that smile a whole lot more. To find a GEICO agent near you, visit geico.com slash local. There is a phrase I thought of when I was preparing our readings for tonight, both in response to the Old Testament reading and this beautiful reading of the Annunciation of Mary. You got the Old Testament reading. The people of Israel had already conquered land. David was already chosen king of the people, the north and the south anointed him and they cheered for him and they were happy to build his palace made of cedar, very expensive, very beautiful, very ornate. And these are still the people of Israel who were very dedicated to the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark was a beautiful golden box with two angels on top of it who were bowing, whose wings touched each other, making kind of a platform and in the ark, the box, were the tablets of the law, the Ten Commandments. The presence of God was associated with that ark. That section of the angel's wings that they, where they came together was regarded as the Shekinah Yahweh, the holy place of Yahweh. So his presence was regarded always there on the Ark of the Covenant. So to venerate the Ark, a tent was built nearby the palace, appropriately decorated, I'm sure. And then David realizes, you know, I'm so lucky, I'm so blessed, but here I am living in this wonderful palace and the presence of God is in a tent. I have an idea. And he tells Nathan, the prophet, what the idea is. I want to build God a magnificent temple. Because he's God. He's done so much for me. So much for the people of Israel. Conquered our enemies. I want to build a magnificent temple. The only thing God didn't say, but I'm going to use it, my phrase for response to good old David in this reading, is, say What? Ever hear people say, say something to you and, you, and you, you, they catch you by storm and, and surprise and you say, say what? Like the kids say that a lot. Like what? Now, Nathan was not going to say that to David. He said, David, do, do what you want to do. And then Nathan goes to sleep and he has a dream. And basically God says to him in a dream, what? You're going to build me? A temple? you got to get the full impact of this. 
And God, I, I mean, I'm going to give him some anthropomorphic characteristics. Rolling on his laughter, God's saying, you're going to build me a temple. I created the universe. I've been with you all your lives. I was there at the beginning. I brought you out of slavery. I, I conquered your... You're going to build me a temple? Oh, yeah. Okay. Say what? You're going to build me a temple? He gets that dream. Now, that's a paraphrase, you know. That's not scriptural. And he goes back to David and says, Dave, hate to break it to you. God doesn't want your temple. God's presence has always been with you and the people of Israel. Building him a temple will give him a location, but it will look like he's located and not with the people of Israel anymore, which is far more what the covenant is all about. He is our God. We are his people. Where, where we go, he goes. End of the story. Temple gets built eventually. It gets knocked down. It gets built again. It gets knocked down. The Jews finally got the idea. But the last temple went down in the year 71. This is hundreds of years before that ever happened. And right now there is no temple. The only thing left of the ancient temple is the western wall, sometimes called the Wailing Wall. And when you look at the overview of Jerusalem, what you see is the dome of a mosque. Okay. So let's go into, into the village of Nazareth. Don't know much about Mary at this point. The scriptures don't tell us much. But we do know that a messenger, an angelos of God called Gabriel, messenger carrier, visits her. Now, you know, it would be nice to say, you know, Mary was a nice young, maybe 15, 16-year-old kid who went to school, studied her religion, went to religious ed every day. We, we don't know anything like that. God does, though. God knows who Mary is in a little town of Nazareth. And if you've been to the Holy Land, the, the, the monuments that have been built over all of these places, we're talking about the birth of Jesus, the, the, the Annunciation, all those, the house of Mary, all those big, big monuments. But when the angel Gabriel came to Mary, the village maybe had, maybe had ten houses. Everybody knew everybody's business. And Mary seems to have caught God's eye. But not then, first time, we know from our faith as Catholics that Mary was conceived special in the womb of her mother, St. Anne. We celebrate that on December 8th, the Immaculate Conception. So when Joachim and Anne had intercourse, they gave birth, but in the process of conceiving that child, from the moment of conception, she caught the eye of God, the smile of God, the favor of God, the grace of God. And she grows up in that grace. Don't know what that was all about. Don't know what, because I wasn't there and no one was there who reported it. Okay, so one day, she's going about her business. She could have been in the temple. Well, it would have been a synagogue. She could have been in her home. 
She could have been sweeping. She's a, a young lady living, and she was betrothed, by the way, which meant she was like pre-engaged to this man, Joseph, a, a member of the house of David, the same David that we just spoke about in the temple, building the temple. It was his ancestry line that this Joseph is part of. But that's all we know at this point. So Mary is doing her business. And an angelos of the Lord, a messenger of the Lord says, Hail, full of grace, full of holiness, full of um, wonderful aspects of life, full of God's love. Full, I mean, the, the list can go on as to what that greeting meant, but it was awesome. And good old Mary, she probably never heard a greeting like that in her life. It would be the equivalent of saying, yo, Mary versus Our Lady. Big difference. Mary didn't know any politicians. She didn't know any priests in the temple. They didn't know any of that stuff. She did her business. She took care of what she was supposed to take care of. But it seems that God read her soul, her heart, her insides, and spoke to her and indicated to her that from the moment of her conception, she was special, immaculate, and specially preserved to do God's will. But like all of us are chosen to do God's will, you know that. Paul talks about that when he says it's been you know, finally uncovered, the mystery. Well, we're all born to do God's will. What happens so often is we do our will instead. And that's called sin. Not only living our lives, but doing our lives contrary to God's will. That's sin. Mary never did that. Never suffered concupiscence, we call it. Never had it. So when she hears this awesome greeting, blessed are you, hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord God is with you. You are most blessed. And God has found favor in you. And he's going to do something for you. Now, you can now get ready for the say what? You're going to have a baby. Yeah. Say what? You're going to have a... I, I, listen. Angel, messenger, whatever it looked like, or whatever the experience was. She basically says, listen... Maybe you don't know how it works, but I've not, never been with a man. I'm betrothed, but we haven't had intercourse yet. We're not married yet. So right now, it ain't going to happen because I have not known man. The angel responds, and we hear this. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the child to be born will be called the Son of God. Now that deserves say what? I mean, think of it. This little girl, maybe, maybe there's 35, 40 people in the whole town. Her mother's off shopping or, or cutting up a, a piece of meat for tonight's supper. Her father's probably plowing the field. And she's got this messenger and tell her that you're awesome, Mary. You're a special, Mary. And you're going to have a baby. And the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And that baby will be called the Son of the Most High. The Son of God. 
Now, think of what you would do, man or woman, if this experience came to you. Besides confronting, well, like in her ancestry tree, we have major people who have confronted God. Zechariah was one of them. Zechariah was told, your wife's going to have a baby, you're going to name him John, and he doubted it, and God muted him. And he was mute until the kid was born. So that happens a lot in our history, in the history of the scriptures. So Mary could have certainly said, get out of here. She says, how can it be? The angel already explained it to her. And then she gives her assent. She gives her okay. Let it be done to me according to your words. And the rest is history. We'll be celebrating that history in a few days as it continues in Bethlehem. But right now, let's be with Mary. God's speaking to every one of us. And we don't know the message he gives us. We don't know the context. We don't know the environment. But God is always revealing himself to us. And it's up to us See, yeah, we could say, say what, God? Be, be very clear, because I think what you're telling me is such and such. In our prayer, in our silence, is when we hear God. When we sit back and don't do anything to, to engender a response from God. But put ourselves in the presence of the Holy Spirit in prayer. Yeah, the... the the normal prayer is, I want, I want, I want, I want. I want this, I want that, I want this one to be healed, I want that one. Yeah, God knows that. But it's not the only way to pray. We can pray in silence. We can come before the Blessed Sacrament. We could re reflect on an image of Mary on the crucifix and just put ourselves in the silence of God's soul. And we can do that. And the Holy Spirit will engender in us an awareness of God's presence. And the message that comes will be very important. If there's a decision, if there's a doubt, if there's a, an activity, there's a step we have to take, God will speak to us. And I'm not saying that because I studied that in the books. I'm saying that because you know that's true. I know it's true by experience many times. You can't believe it, but there are times in which I shut my mouth and wait for God to speak. And I hear that in the silence of prayer. Praying for my own intentions, my family, health, healing, peace, justice, yes. And God inspires in all of us what to do next. How to act according to his will. Don't forget, it's his will that we were on this earth, and on this earth we're supposed to change it and give it back to him. That's our job on this earth. And so we look to Mary, who did just that. She lived her life, and that was only the beginning. Let it be done to me according to your word. Only the beginning. You know the story. You know the possible humiliation? Pregnant girl in Nazareth, 
no husband. You know the story. You know the law, what could have been done to her. But God's intervention once again. Joseph, do what's right. Take her as your wife, because by the Holy Spirit, she is carrying the Son of God. That's a definitely say what. But he did it. You can question God, but do it. Do what's right. And he did. And we know the story. Again, on December 24th, we'll, we'll commemorate that story. We don't know the exact date it happened. We don't know the exact date of the Annunciation. But we have significant dates that we sort of attach the calendar to. But that's, 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 that's human. That's us. God has no calendar. When you are ready, excuse me, when we are ready to listen to God, he speaks. And his word is life-giving. And his word is forgiving. And his word is charitable. The language that we have to start every day improving in our own vocabulary, our own activities. Okay, so we have Christmas and we have a time for gifts and giving and joy and all that stuff. That's a calendar. You and I don't need that. We have Jesus Christ with us. Go back to the temple. Remember what God's dream was? To be with his people. And he is. Emmanuel. He's with us. Yes, in the Eucharist. Yes, in his holy word. But he's in each one of us. Our hearts and our prayers. God got his wish, didn't he? that he will be with his people always. And we are those people. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too. And with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus. Made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. 
So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at, at Marshall's. Marshall's.